Well, this is it, Rock. The season right here on this fourth down play. How many times have we said that on this drive? Rodgers in the shotgun. Three receivers left, one to the right. Packers need at least seven yards to move the chains. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up. He's got Cobb to the 10, to the 5, yes! to the end zone. Touchdown and a dagger. Oh, my goodness. An NFC North Division championship dagger of 47 yards. Kick is in the air. Gilreath will have an opportunity. He'll catch it to three. Between the hash marks, 10. Slicing left, 15. Across the 20. 25-30. Gilreath to the 40. He's to the 50. Foot race to the house. At the 30. At the 20. 10. 5. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. Quarterback draw. He's got running room. And a first down. Watch out. Quick save. He's got getaway from the top speed. Touchdown. Fourth down, one second left. Michigan trailing by four. Henning fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Manningham! Michigan Two wins! To Two to go. Trip to the Sweet 16. Katie's got it. Rises up. The shot. And it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won it! Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap, short drop, quick throw, left side. Yes! Yes! The right side! Going down the right side, in the end zone. It is Al Harris! Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! And he puts it up. Edwards for the time, touchdown! He goes up! All right, everybody, welcome into the very first episode of Two Hand Touch brought to you by Moxie Sports. My name is Ryan. I am one part of the co-host team here. My other friend Jacob is on the other line. Jacob, say hello to everyone. Ryan, audience of unknown amount of people, maybe two, maybe three. How we, might do you- get, we might get to six. We have at least six friends, I think. Welcome to Two Hand Touch, everybody. We are two boys from Wisconsin that are going to talk some sports with you. Uh, The plan here, since we are from Wisconsin, is to focus in on the Packers and the Badgers during football season. I, myself, am a Michigan fan, so I'll also talk a lot of Michigan football. Yeah, there may be some arguing about that. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about anything else that comes up in the sports world. we got our first episode today. is going to be a big one. We're going to go over our whole college football preview. We're going to try to do it in an hour. Jake, are we nervous at how bad this is going to be? Or are we just saying fucking and going along with it? You know, maybe a mix of both. Hopefully the beer helps. All righty. Well, let's get to it. We will start with what? I think we both agree with is the worst Power Five conference, which is the ACC. Uh, they obviously have Clemson who won the national championship last year. How we'll do this is we'll break this down by each division, go over each team, and then kind of give our thoughts. And we'll move on from there. So let's start with Clemson, the Atlantic division. They obviously won the national championship last year. They bring 
back a lot on offense. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, I probably butcher that. Wide receivers T. Higgins and Justin Ross. The issue with Clemson is they lost a ton on the D-line uh, to the NFL. Uh, right now their win total is at 11.5, and I believe they are favored by at least 17.5 in every game this year. Uh, <laughs> Syracuse is the only other ranked team in the ACC. Uh, they're the only team that's really given Clemson trouble in the past. Um, they have a very good defense. Uh, they got to replace their quarterback. I think the Dungy kid is gone from last year. Um, they do get Clemson at home, which might be Clemson's best shot at a loss. Uh, Florida State, awful year last year. Willie Taggart sucked as a first-year head coach. <laughs> no idea. Uh, their quarterback's going to be James Blackman. He beat out the old noodle arm from Wisconsin, Alex Hornibrook, for the job. Did you think he was going to get that job, Jake? I mean, for for Florida State's hope, I was hoping that you would think that they'd have a little more, you know, pure talent or whatever. I don't know the uh, offense, the, you know, with that being his first year there, even though they had a terrible year, their offensive line was terrible the, game, the few games that I watched. So, you know, who knows what they're trying to, you know, do with their offense. But obviously, if Hornybrook was going to be the answer, mobility was not going to be one of them. Yep, yep. Yeah, Hornybrook would have would have died back there. So they bring in a new offensive coordinator. They do have some talent at the skill positions, but they got a lot to work on. NC State, uh, Ryan Finley's gone. He's with the Bengals. They lost 2,000-yard wide receivers. They got a new offensive coordinator, but their defense brings back a lot. Boston College. They got a running back, A.J. Dillon, who is very good. Um, their QB play pretty much sucks. Um they only returned one guy on the offensive line. They got a new defensive coordinator, and they lost a ton on defense. Their win total is six. Wake Forest win total is also at six. Uh, they play a very up-tempo offense, but their best player, uh, Greg Dortch, who did everything for them last year, is gone. They could maybe get to that win total because they got an easy non-conference. And then Louisville, new head coach, finally got rid of Bob Petrino, that fuck. Um, <laughs> they got the... Getting rid of new defense coordinator, new offense coordinator. They do bring back everyone on defense, but their offense is bad. So, Jake, overall thoughts on the Atlantic division? Can anybody even get within 20 points of Clemson here? You know, I thought about spending a lot of time on this, thinking about this conference, and then I realized, you know what ACC stands for, Ryan? (laughs) What does it stand for? For football, until further notice, it is officially the All Clemson Conference. So, might as well not even waste any time. Just Ooh, I, we can I, we can we can we can move on to the to the to the bottom half of the division. I like that. All right, let's uh, talk about who Clemson might face in the in the ACC championship game. Virginia went to at eight. They bring back probably the best quarterback in the conference besides Trevor Lawrence um, and Bryce Perkins. They lost their top running back and wide receiver. Their defense should be very good. Um, the issue with Virginia is they can't beat their rivals, Virginia Tech. They have a 15-game losing streak to them. Uh, Miami, the other favorite, has an eight and five, uh, 8.5 wins over-under. Uh, we saw them play on Saturday. They lost to Florida and Felipe Franks, Felipe Franks, who uh, I have a strong dislike for. We'll get to later. Um, Jaron Williams was their quarterback. He beat out Tate Martell, which has been 
widely publicized because Jay Martell is apparently hanging out too much with his smoke show girlfriend. Uh, they got good weapons in offense, and their defense is always good. Um, they do get Virginia Tech and Virginia at home, and they don't have to play Clemson, which might help them win the Coastal Pit, who went last year. Their over-under is at six. Uh, they're going to be bad. They lost both 1,000-yard rushers. They lost four guys from their offensive <laughs> line. Uh, they've never been a team that can throw the ball, and they're going to have to rely on their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, and their two receivers. Their defense should be pretty decent, but I don't know if they're going to get six wins. Virginia Tech, over under eight. Uh, they really had a bad year last year, a uh, rebuilding year for them, but they do return 16 starters, including their quarterback. They have questions on offense at running back, offensive line. They have been good under Justin Fuentes. 19 and 8, and they got a decent schedule. Uh, North Carolina, their over under is at five, five and a half. Mac Brown comes back to North Carolina. For those that didn't know that, he coached there for like 11 or 12 years before he went to Texas. They're going to play a new air raid offense. Uh, their schedule early is pretty tough, and they're probably going to start a freshman quarterback. Duke is also at five and a half wins. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones is gone. Uh, they open Saturday at Alabama. Uh, I think that spread is somewhere in the 30s right now. <laughs> Although they do bring a lot back on defense, so we'll see if they can cover that spread. And then Georgia Tech, over under at four. Used to run the wing tee. New offense. They haven't recruited for this new offense. I mean, the only note I have down for them is can the offense click enough to maybe scare Georgia at the end of the year? They open Saturday or Thursday tomorrow. Today, today when this podcast comes out, they open today against Clemson. So, Jake, who do you got meeting in the championship game to get smoked by 20 by Clemson? You know, I, I meant to pay a lot more attention to the focused attention to the Miami-Florida game, but, you know, I had a bachelor you know, party going on a little bit that day. So, you know, the memory of the game is a little bit hazy, but, uh, you know, Figured that was going to be low scoring. Miami's offense doesn't look like it has taken a super, you know, big step forward from their poor performance in the Orange Bowl uh, from the last year. Um, you know, probably still trying to figure out some quarterback play. I think this one, you know, like you said, Virginia might be a, the the scene the scene favorite, but I can't even remember the last time in my life that I remember Virginia winning a big football game against a big. You know, I know there's been a few years where they've, you know, strung a few wins together, but when it comes time to whether it's a college game day game or something like that, you know, they just can't win the big games. Maybe they got to bring Tony B over to coach them up on defense or something. <laughs> Tony Ben over from the basketball team. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'll go with Miami. It out. All right. I mean, Virginia had a chance last year to win the ACC, and they blew it. They obviously lost to Virginia Tech, and somehow, yeah, somehow Pitt won. I mean, if I had to pick a team, I would actually go with take Virginia. I think just because they have Bryce Perkins, even though he sucks at throwing, but whatever. He's the best. He's the best quarterback in that in the ACC besides Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for the ACC. What did you call it again? The All-Clemson Conference. The All-Clemson Conference. That is it. 
That is it for Clemson and everybody they get to beat up on. We'll move to our next conference, the Pac-12, which was won by Washington last year. They played in the Rose Bowl and got beat by Ohio State. It was only a five-point game, but it, it was it wasn't that close. I think Ohio State beat them pretty handily. Yeah. So we will start up there in the north uh, with Washington. They are nine and uh, their over unders at nine and a half. Over the past couple of years, they've lost a ton on defense. Um, mm-hmm. On offense, they lost uh, Jake Browning, their all-time leading passer. They lost their all-time leading rusher. Jacob Easing comes in for Georgia. Uh, comes in from Georgia. If you don't remember who that is, he was a huge recruit who actually is from Washington. And he started as a true freshman at Georgia, got hurt. Jake Fromm took over, and the rest is history. Um, their away schedule is easy. And they get their the big games against Oregon and Utah are at home. Uh, Washington State over under at eight. Gardner Minshew's gone. They bring in uh, quarterback Gabe Gubrud. I probably pronounced that wrong, but from Eastern Washington, he was really good there. I mean, they're probably going to be pretty solid. The question is, can they beat Washington in the Apple Cup again? They haven't done that since 2012, which I believe was Mike Leach's first year. Uh, we got Stanford. Their over-under is at seven. Um, KG Costello is probably an underrated quarterback right now as far as NFL goes. Um, they only have four starters back on offense. They probably have the best tight, one of the best tight ends in the country. No surprise. Um, they lost six starters on defense, um, but they still have David Shaw, who's one of the best coaches in the country. Um, their non-conference, though, is... Pretty tough. They get Northwestern at home. They go to UCF, and they get Notre Dame at home. Uh, Oregon State, two and a half. Not even going to talk about them. I doubt they get there. Um, Oregon, uh, their over-under is at eight and a half. They are one of the favorites along with Washington to win this uh, division. They have a big opening game on Saturday against Auburn. Uh, their schedule is their way schedule is pretty tough. They got at Washington, at Stanford, at ASU late. Um, they bring back Justin Herbert, who could be the first pick in the draft this year. Um, they got two good young running backs who played a lot as um, true freshmen last year. We don't know who they have at wide receiver. Uh, the big thing for them is they have the most experienced offense line in college football. Um, they played like 150 some games together, which is ridiculous. And then we have California, whose over-under is at five and a half. They probably have one of the best defenses in the nation. You would never think of that. They had 21 interceptions last year. They only had like four games where they allowed over 200 yards passing. The problem with them is their offense is fucking awful. Jake, yeah, thoughts, on the, thoughts on the North? Who do you got winning? Can Washington State finally beat Washington? Will Oregon not screw up, take this division. You know, I think this is another division similar to uh, the uh, ACC Coastal that we just talked about where there's really could be four different teams that win this division. You know, when I was going through looking at this, I think, you know, this is going to go into a little bit of our, you know, um, final picks of who's going to be, you know, at the make it to the end at the end of the year. But I think we're, I think we're going to be looking at a, a Mike Leach uh, double feature of of upset games this year. I'm thinking uh, at Oregon on the road 
and they're going to get Washington at the end of the game at home to knock off those two teams' uh, top records. But I'm going to stick with Oregon overall to win the division. So you think Washington State beats Washington and Oregon during the regular yep. season? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because, and then, like your point that I said, I also going to have – I don't know what team is going to be, but I think – Maybe it's the Washington State that it's back. I think Cal is going to surprise and beat a random team this year again. Yeah, one I mean, of the top Cal, teams in the division. Cal's defense is so good. If they could just, I mean, if Cal could score like twenty-four points a game, they they would easily get over that five and a half win total. But their offense is just so bad, and their schedule. They got they go at Oregon, at Stanford, at Washington, at Ole Miss, at Utah, which gives them, I mean. Even if their offense played well in all those games, they they might lose them all. I mean, they might kick the shit out of Old Miss. Old Miss is kind of man, but I like Oregon. Um, I think they win. They have the most experience in offense, and we'll talk about the. I mean, they play Auburn on Saturday night here. I think they beat Auburn. Auburn's got a great defensive line, but Oregon has the offense line to match up with them. I think they're going to beat Auburn. That's going to set the. I don't know if they go undefeated. Yeah, that's like, what I was I, go I like Oregon to win the North. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on to South. Arizona, six and a half wins. They just lost on Saturday in a wild one to Hawaii. If you decide to watch that, uh, second year coach Kevin Sumlin, Khalil Tate's back. He was bad in 2018, but he was great in 2017. Hopefully, he gets back to his 2017 form. They got a really good offense. They got an easier early schedule, but late. They got at USC, Stanford, Oregon, and then, of course, their final game against Arizona State. Arizona State's win total is also six and a half, second year under Herm Edwards. Um, they got a quarterback competition after Manny Wilkins left, who is, you know, four string for the pack right now. Maybe he can back up Aaron Rodgers instead of fucking Deshaun Kaiser. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see the what. Boyle show, man. <laughs> Or Tim Boyle. I don't care. Either guy. Just get rid of Deshaun Kaiser. Um, quarterback competition. Probably come down to a couple freshmen. Um, they did lose wide receiver Nikhila Harry, who was a first-round pick to the Pats. But they do have one of the top running backs in Eno Benjamin, who hits over 1,600 yards of rushing, 16 TDs last year. He's back for them. They'll try to probably run the ball as much as they can. Colorado. They're probably the worst team. They're over under is four. Um, they got a new coach, Mel Tucker. He was the defensive coach for, for Georgia. Uh, they got a decent quarterback, wide receiver. I'm going to butcher this name. La, La Vizca Chenault Jr. is no, one of the best. It. You think? I think, yep. I, got the, I think I got the last name. I don't know about the first name, though. Oh, well. We'll have to wait until I watch Colorado game and hear somebody announce it. Uh, he's one of the best wide receivers in the country, but they're probably going to be at the bottom of this division. UCLA, six and a half, second year under Chip Kelly. They're very young. They got a tough schedule. They start at Cincinnati, who won 11 games last year. San Diego State, Oklahoma at home, at Washington State. Those are their first four games. I would not be surprised if they start out one and three, even though they're probably better team than they were last year. And we have no idea who's playing quarterback for them. USC, over under at seven. Clay Helton brings in Graham Harrell from North Texas to run the air raid offense after Cliff Kingsbury gave him the old finger and wave goodbye. Um, Graham Harrell, former backup quarterback for the Packers. 
Uh, they got a they got one of the best wide receiver cores in the country, and they return a lot. Some solid players on defense. They got a pretty hard schedule, and you know the question for them is going to be if their quarterback JT Daniels can grasp the uh, the air raid because they do have talent to probably win eight or nine games. Uh, Utah is the heavy favorite in the South, over under at nine. They get their quarterback and running back back who were hurt for the last five games last year. They bring back every starter and every reserve from their defensive line. So they're going to have one of the top defensive lines in the country. They have great linebacking core, great cornerbacks. Kyle Winningham is a great coach. Um, they don't have to play Oregon. Their two toughest games are going to be at USC and they get an at Washington. Um, so really, I mean, overall thoughts on the South, I think this is – Utah by a landslide. My my overall thought was, how in the heck are we hell are we in a day and age where we have a conference with USC, we have Chip Kelly, Kevin Sumlin. I mean, not that Herm Edwards has a ton of success as a coach. The conference of that with all these teams in Utah is a school that is just by far the favorite of of this Southern division. That just kind of blows, I don't know, blows my mind a little bit, but uh, I agree with you. I think, you know, maybe, maybe USC can get something going with a new coordinator. Uh, I don't know. Graham Harrell, obviously he's, you know, had a lot of success as a player in college. Don't know what kind, what kind of, you know, offense he's going to maybe bring and maybe get that USC, you know, offense rolling a little bit more to, you know, you know, as a little bit of a wild card, I agree that, um, you know, Chip Kelly, they have a really young team in that they just have a really tough schedule. So don't really see them being too much of a factor. So I'm going to kind of have to go with Utah's fault as well. Yeah, I think we'll make, we'll talk about our college football playoff picks later or the teams that we think are be in it. But I think Utah's got the best shot for the Pac-12 just because, I mean, if they get, I mean, they have Washington State at home early, but I mean, they play at Washington November 2nd. If they get past that game, I mean, they should be undefeated going to the Pac-12 championship game against, you know, Oregon or Washington again, or maybe Washington State in your case, or Mike Leach. But I See, think, I think, I think Leach is pulling the upsets, but they always just seem to like pull off those one or two big upsets. Play a stink for two or three other games and some random teams. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Big 12. We'll go through this whole conference since they don't have any divisions. Uh, Baylor, seven and a half wins. Matt Rule, great coach in college football. Bring back a lot of players on offense, but they lose Jalen Hurd, who's now in San Francisco. Their defense should be better. He's talked uh, this, you know, during training camp here about how much he loves this squad. Iowa State. Over under at eight, uh, Matt Campbell, another great coach who is probably going to get recruited um, to the NFL here pretty soon. Um, they bring back their quarterback, Brock Purdy, who started as a freshman last year. They're going to bring back the best defense in the Big 12, which <laughs> I don't know if that's saying much, but hmm. whatever. Uh, the only problem with them is they lost David Montgomery, who's now on the Bears, and Hakeem Butler at wide receiver, who's on the Cardinals now. Kansas, over under three. They hired 
Les Miles, the only talent they have there is sophomore running back Pookie Williams, who was actually first team all Big 12 last year as a freshman. I'm not sure if you know that. The only way they get over three wins to me is if Pookie Williams runs for like 3,000 yards. That's the only way. It's a hell of a name, though. It is a name. You know what, Ryan, though? I thought Kansas was terrible last year, and so I bet the house and Rutgers playing them, and Rutgers got destroyed by points. (laughs) They played Rutgers last year? Yeah, unless I got my – I know, yeah. I know I bet the house and someone who Kansas is playing, and Kansas beat them very handily. Whatever. Nobody double-checked that fact. They played Rutgers last year and kicked the shit out of them. Uh, Kansas State, five and a half. New coach. Chris Kleiman from North Dakota State finally takes over for Bill Snyder, who basically was like a walking zombie on this. Well, was a zombie on the sidelines. I was about to say walking zombie, which seems very redundant. Um, they bring back a good quarterback in Skylar Thompson, but other than that, uh, they got a lot of questions on their team. Oklahoma, the favorite in this conference, over under 10 and a half. They get Jalen Hurts transferring from Alabama, which Lincoln Riley coaching for three years. Now it's three transfer quarterbacks he gets to work with. First it was Baker, then it was Kyler, now it's Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen cannot throw nearly as well as Baker or Kyler, and the defense was just atrocious last year. They gave up like 34 points a game. They need to improve on that. They brought in a co-defensive coordinator from Ohio State. Ohio State's defense wasn't that good last year. So we'll see what happens there. Oklahoma State, 7.5. They had a poor year in 2018. Usually they're a team that wins, you know, 9, 10 games or gets at least up there. Um, the question for them is who's playing quarterback. Uh, they got some good offensive talent, but they lost uh, the running back Justice Hill. He's now on the Ravens. Uh, TCU over under 7.5. They're just a solid team all around. I feel like every year for them, the question is if they're going to get is if they're going to get good enough quarterback play. Uh, Texas, the other favorite, over under nine and a half. Lots of hype behind Sam Sam Ellinger for a Heisman. Uh, they lost some playmakers at wide receiver. They lost some good guys at D, but they also bring back a lot of guys on D because they played so many young young dudes, especially in the secondary. They played three freshmen last year, so that should make them at least better this year. Um, the key is do they have enough playmakers? on offense and his defense enough for them to make a playoff round of final early Texas tech brings in Matt Wells who replaces uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Matt Wells was at Utah state. He needs to rebuild that defense. They never had a defense there. Uh, West Virginia over under at five. Neil Brown comes over from Troy to take over for Dale Holgerson who left for Houston. They lost a ton of talent on offense. Their defense has always been trash. I don't know if they have enough to compete in the Big 12. They got a big game early against Missouri, which is going to tell us a lot about them. Jake, thoughts on the Big 12 in 2019? Uh, First fact check, I was correct, because I remember betting Rutgers is the favorite. They lost to Kansas 55-14 to (laughs) So look out for those Jayhawks, Ryan. Um, I think, like you said, this conference really comes down to the two favorites. So you got really going to come down to to the to the as you alluded to the Jalen Hurts factor and the kisses on the cheek and the kisses on the forehead before the game. Which which, which magic is bringing the most? I'm going to stick with Oklahoma and say that they win. 
was that Sagan? You you just uh, dropped out there a little bit. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Oklahoma and say you win this. Okay, going with Oklahoma. I I'm going with Iowa State. Actually, I think Iowa State Iowa State's got the best defense. They got a good quarterback. I don't think Texas is as good as everyone says they are. I think their defense is kind of going to be bad and. Sam Ellinger can only play quarterback slash running back so much. Oklahoma, I'd just be honest, I just Jalen Hurts just isn't nearly as good as Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. And I don't know if he can throw the ball well enough to win shootouts against teams. So I think Oklahoma and Texas uh, both lose if, at least two games. Um, and I think, I'm checking Iowa State's schedule here, I think they get... They get Texas at home. Um, yep, they get they actually play at Oklahoma on November 9th and then Texas at home on November 16th. I think the Big 12 conference comes down to those two games, and obviously Oklahoma versus Texas is a huge game. I'm going with Iowa State to win the Big 12. Wow. Yep. Book it. Go bet it. They also got a big game against Iowa early on. Go, uh, go Cyclones. All righty then. Okay, let's move on to the SEC. The best, quote-unquote, conference in the nation. We'll start, best, we'll start. Half con- best half conference. Or Actually, I don't even know if you can say that anymore. Maybe if you can buy best top five teams in the... Yeah. Yep, I'll give you that. Let's start in the East. Florida, over under nine. Dan Mullen's second year. My boy, Flippy Franks, can he take a jump? Answer, fuck no. He sucks. <laughs> um, they've lost four starters on the offensive line, but they are got talent everywhere else. Uh, they got a big win against Miami last Saturday in week zero. Georgia the favorite, over under 11. Loaded pretty much everywhere besides questions at uh, wide receiver. Their schedule sets up so they get... They play a lot of teams after buys, so they get Florida, Missouri, Auburn, Tennessee, and South Carolina after all those teams are on buy, which some people don't like that. Some people, I think Georgia's way more talented than all those teams, so I'm not sure that's going to matter. Um, on defense, they lost uh, Baker, the cornerback. He went to the Giants. They've lost some talent over the past couple of years. The question is, can their defense be dominant like Alabama has? Uh, Kentucky over under six and a half. They lose Josh Allen, Benny Snell, Lonnie Johnson. They were all pretty high draft picks. They lost a lot of their wide receivers and they returned zero guys in the defensive secondary. They had a really good year last year. I'm not sure they can repeat that. Missouri, eight and a half. They have a bull ban for self-reporting violations that weren't even that bad. Yet the NCAA still won't let them play in a bowl. Um, Spoiler alert, I like them to get second in the SEC East, partially because they have a very easy schedule for the SEC. They don't play LSU, Alabama, Mississippi State, Auburn, or A&M. They do have to play at Georgia. They get Florida at home, though. They lost quarterback Drew Locke, who went to uh, the Broncos. But they get the transfer Kelly Bryant from Clemson, who brought Clemson to the college football playoff. So I think Missouri has a chance to be pretty good. South Carolina, five and a half. Jake Bentley back at quarterback. 
they might have the hardest schedule uh, in the country. They start out at North Carolina. They got Alabama at home, at Missouri, at Georgia, versus Florida, at AM, and they play Clemson at the end of the year. I don't think it matters how many guys they return. They're five and a half. I mean, just based off, they might be better than a five and a half win team, but I don't know if they get to that with that schedule. Tennessee, their over-under is at six and a half. They have, they have eight home games somehow. They do return their quarterback. Uh, they lost they lost all their D-line starters. This is Jeremy Pruitt's second year. He's kind of a crazy guy. He scares me. Um, they get Alabama and Mississippi State from the West. And then finally, a Vanderbilt at four and a half wins. Got some decent offensive weapons, new offensive coordinator who's playing quarterback for them. And their defense is suspect. So, Jake, question for you. Can anybody compete with Georgia in the East? You know, I was looking at their their schedule er earlier, and their schedule actually seems to work out really well well for for them this year, I feel like. Um, Obviously, they have key games against, you know, at Florida. They get Texas A&M at home. Um, and then they play at Auburn. You know, I think Auburn's one of those teams that's always mid mid teens, and then yep, who knows how good they actually end up, you know, being by the end of the year. Um, but you know, I know Florida got the win this this week this weekend against Miami. To me, they didn't look overly impressive. Miami wasn't that impressive a team. I I think Florida's really the only team that East that has the you know possibility, but to kind of contend with Georgia, but I think just at the end of the day, Georgia just has you know, the talent and coaching that's disappeared to the other team currently right now on the east east side of the, the SEC. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I I don't like Florida as much as other people do. We got more on Felipe Franks. I think I keep saying, saying his name wrong, but I don't really give a shit. We got a segment with him at the end if we go after we go over all this, uh, all these divisions here. Uh, so we're not done with Florida yet. Let's move over to the West. Alabama, obviously the favorite, over under 11 half wins. Um, they lost a lot in the draft, like they do every year. Um, they also have to replace their defensive coordinator and offensive coordinators for another year in a row. And they bring back the drunk Steve Starkeesian, uh, old Sark, to run the offense. Uh, they got twelve. They have twelve players on the on the preseason uh, All SEC team. They bring back two O, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Obviously, they, their three receivers are probably the best in the country. Um, their schedule: they got to go at A and M, at Auburn, at Mississippi State, but they get LSU at home. They obviously don't play no anybody in the non conference like every year. What's new? Arkansas, five-and-a-half wins over-under. Second year into coach Chad Morris. They're still, they're still paying Bielema, if anybody's wondering. they got a new quarterback, and I can't believe I read this right, but they don't have a special teams coach. Chad Morris, Chad Morris has not hired a special teams coach for them. <laughs> oh, good God. So... Take that one forever, whatever that is worth. Uh, Auburn, over under seven and a half. They might have the best defense line in the country. They bring back five seniors on the O line. 
They just named uh, Bo Nix, a freshman, their quarterback. Um, as far as on offense goes, who's playing out their skill positions? Do they have any playmakers there? Schedule's tough. They they start out with Oregon week one. They got at a Mississippi State, at Florida, at LSU, versus Georgia, versus Alabama. Again, they could be more talented than a seven-and-a-half win team, but I don't know if they get there. Yeah, LSU, over under nine wins. They bring back Joe Burrow. Uh, he's a gritty guy, which Ed Ogeron loves. Big old, big coach O. Uh, he brought in Joe Brady from the Saints to change to open up their offense. The question for them is, can they compete with Alabama? Because that's been their problem the past couple of years. They're good enough to beat everyone else, but can they beat Alabama? Their defense is going to be phenomenal, like it is every year. They got a couple big games on the road, notably September 7th at Texas, and they also have to do at Mississippi State and at Alabama. Speaking of Mississippi State, over under 7.5. Their schedule, a little quirk in it. They only have one home game in a stretch of five weeks. They lost quarterback Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, It's the second year in a coach, Joe Moorhead, who everyone loves on offense, but they don't really have – a lot on offense. That's where all their questions lie. Should have good defense skin. Old Miss over under at five. My old friend Rich Rodriguez comes in to run the offense for them. They lost their top three wide receivers. They got a new old line, a new quarterback. They're going to suck. Texas A&M over under at seven and a half. They return a lot, especially Kellen Mond, a quarterback. Who's, I think he's probably a dark horse for Heisman if A&M wins nine or ten games this year. Uh, second year in a Jimbo Fisher. Uh, it's between them or South Carolina for the hardest schedule in the country. So AM has to go at Clemson, at Georgia, at LSU, and they also play Auburn and Alabama at home. They lost a lot of defense. They lost their start running back. I mean, thoughts on some of these, on if anybody can beat Alabama, do you think, looking at the over-under and their schedule, AM can they get over 7.5? Auburn, can they get over 7.5? Thoughts, Jacob? I don't trust Auburn making the big jump with, I feel like they always have a great D line and obviously they have a fairly tough schedule as well, but I just don't really see them making the jump. Texas A&M normally second year under head coach helps, but like you said, just with that, that schedule and as much as I hate to do it, you know, you almost just have to pick Bama until, it's just not Bama, essentially. Yeah, you pick Bama's them until Alabama. Yeah, you pick them until they until they don't. You don't go. It's, it's like the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, hopefully LSU plays them tougher this year. Last year was kind of a dud game. I think LSU is really the only team that can. I mean, at A and M could be interesting, but I don't know. I see it. Alabama maybe losing a game during the regular season, but I don't. They're not going to lose the West. I see them playing Georgia in the in the SEC championship game. So, yeah, I see LSU taking a step forward because obviously their game with Alabama, they just offensively could not do anything. I think with their quarterback uh, Burrow getting his second year, you know, full time QB, you know, if he stays healthy. Up until that game, you know, I think they were able to put up, put up a little bit more fight. But like you said, I could see Bama dropping one during the regular season. But I just don't see 
anyone else in this conference having, you know, less than two losses or a loss, you know, comes end of the year. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the best conference in the nation. Our home conference, the Big Ten. I'm going to start with the Big Ten East because I think the Big Ten West is the most interesting division in college football. I think the East is three teams pretty much. So let's try, let's just start at the bottom. Let's start with Rutgers, over under two and a half. They got smoked by Kansas last year. I know that has nothing to do with 2019, but. Jesus. You should, you should have to. If you get beat by 30 points to Kansas, you should have to sit out of football the next year. Power five versus power five. Automatic sit out one year. <laughs> the two worst teams every year, Kansas, they're just, all their guys just lose a year of el- eligibility because they got, or Rutgers, because they got beat by 30. <laughs> I don't know if Rutgers gets two and a half wins, honestly. I haven't looked who they play in the non-conference, but I imagine they play one cupcake, and then after that, I mean, they're no. Let's just let's just move on. We already spent too much time on them. Yeah, Penn State over under eight and a half. They lost McSorley. Uh, thank God I don't have to watch him hit fucking home runs anymore. They lost <laughs> Sanders at running back. Sean Clifford is going to start at qu- at quarterback for them. They don't got a lot of wide receiver, um, so they got a lot of questions on offense. They also lost two offensive linemen in the NFL, but. They're pretty loaded on defense. They have one of the best linebacking cores in the country. Their schedule is pretty tough. They got to go to Iowa, to Michigan State, to Ohio State, to Minnesota. They do get Michigan at home, but eight and a half might be a stretch. Ohio State over under 10. Obviously, Ryan Day taking over. Justin Fields, the transfer from Georgia, who somehow got granted to play this year because... Somebody said something mean to him in the stands at Georgia, so now he gets to play whatever the fuck he wants. Their defense sucked last year, so they bring Greg Madison from Michigan to run the defense, who got demoted at Michigan for running the defense. Um, so I'm not sure how much better they're going to be. They do have a lot of talent, though. Um, they did lose a lot of talent on offense. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins is gone. They lost their top Two or three wide receivers. Uh, we'll move on to Michigan State over under seven and a half. Their defense is going to be loaded. They are probably going to have the best rated defense in the country. Uh, they need better play from their quarterback, Brian Lewerke. He was kind of hurt last year. But if they get solid offensive play, they're going to blow past that seven and a half mark. Uh, they do get Arizona State at home. I don't think that should be much of a game. They do have to play at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, at Northwestern, at Michigan, which is pretty tough. Um, Michigan, my team, my boys, over under nine and a half. Jim Harbaugh finally got smart. He's going to change his offense so we're not running the same dive play up the middle, up by four in the third quarter instead of throwing it around and putting the team away. Brings in Josh Gaddis from Alabama to Open up the offense as more friendly to Shea Patterson, who was good at Old Miss in that spread offense. They're often they probably gonna have one of the best offense lines in the country. They have the best re- wide receiver trio in the Big Ten, one of the best wide receiver trios 
in the country. Uh, the only question for them on offense is at running back. They lost some people on defense, but I'm not worried. They still got Don Brown. Obviously, they just need to beat Ohio State. I'm going to get all giddy on them during the year. They're going to blow people out. I'm going to be all happy. They'll be undefeated. They just need to beat Ohio State. That's all that matters. They could go 1-12, and and if they beat Ohio State, Michigan fans would be fucking overjoyed for finally beating them. Sound like the Gophers. <laughs> well, they, they were pretty overjoyed last year then, huh? Yeah. Maryland. Over under four. New head coach. Uh, comes over from Alabama. Who's, no, we don't know who's playing quarterback. They do got good running back talent. Uh, they bring back a lot of defense, but they were pretty awful last year. Uh, our boy Darnell Savage was their best player. Safety now playing for the Packers. He's gone. They got no expectations. Uh, Indiana, over under six. Um, they got Brandon Peters, who used to play quarterback for Michigan. Um, they do get Michigan and Ohio State at home and Rutgers and Northwestern. Their three non-conference games are pretty easy. They've been a team that's missed a bowl game the past couple of years. It usually always comes down to the last game. So we'll see if they can get to six wins. Jake, who do you like coming out of the East? You know, I will say I think Michigan State's going to be a little bit of a up-in-the-air team. You know, if they can get a little bit rolling, it seems like if they're, they can string together you know, four or five wins going, um, you know, and can really big – build up some momentum that they can show up, you know, big in some big games, whether it's against Ohio State or Michigan. With that said, you know, I really think it's, you know, between the two favorites, you know, Michigan, Ohio State. You know, obviously Ryan Day coached a lot last year, has a lot of coaching experience, but, you know, I don't know. You can say what you want about Urban Meyer. He had that, you know, mantra about him, big games. you know, maybe maybe they lose a little bit that little bit of that spunk with them. I don't know, but you know, Ryan, I'm gonna throw you a bone and say say it's your boys' year. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick the, the Wolverines. Oh, I'm finally, finally that. getting finally getting one win. Hey, maybe they end up losing Ohio State. Ohio State has two losses. <laughs> well, just wonderful. I'm just glad we don't have to see Urban Meyer curled over on the sidelines like he's throwing up every time Ohio State's in a close game. Because he has health issues, yet when they're kicking the shit out of somebody, he's fine. But, yeah, I I think like you alluded to when you were talking about Michigan, it really comes down to them just – they obviously have tons of talent. And, you know, it's almost like their offense mirrors the tight offense. You know, find a way to – whether it's finding more confidence in the quarterback in the second year and you know playing for the team and just kind of show a little more wiggle out there, I think it'll go a long, long way. Yeah, I actually still – I mean, I'm picking Michigan to win, obviously. Michigan fan here. Um, I just think they have the most <coughs> – they have the most talent. But I, if they don't win it, I actually think Michigan State wins it. 
Because Michigan State just had this weird down year last year. They had these injuries. Their offense was just awful. Mm-hmm. I just don't see Dan uh, Dan Antonio like having a bad year again. And their defense is just going to be so fucking good. Like I can, I honestly, if Michigan doesn't win it, I see this being a bullshit year where Michigan State wins like five close games, like thirteen to nine, and then they somehow make it to the college football playoff. Maybe it's gonna. I feel like that's gonna happen more so than Michigan winning. Maybe it's gonna be another. What was it? Right, it was last year. Where was the down the rain? Hold on to the football longer. You got to say that again. You just broke up that whole time. Yeah. You know, high high quality first first podcast here. Uh, no, I was just saying, wasn't it last year that it was the big rain game between Michigan and Michigan State? Or just what? No, that was that was uh, two years ago. Oh, when it was like whoever was up like halfway through the second quarter was going to win because then the down because then like a hurricane came through. But, but yeah, I agree. I don't know. When I was going through this, I had this weird, you know, you get that little itch in your, deep down in your belly, Ryan, and you're just like, I don't know, something, it just seems like something's going on here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're both going with Michigan. So, let's move to the West. I think, besides Illinois, this is the most up-in-the-air division I can ever remember in college football. So, Illinois... Four and a half wins. They do return 17 starters. Uh, Lovey Smith is still coaching them. He looks like a homeless guy every time you look at him. Um, they might pull an upset against somebody, but I mean they're not, they're not going to. They're the only team here that's not going to contend for this for this division crown. Um, and actually, I made a goof earlier. Brandon Peters is the quarterback for Illinois, not for Indiana. Peters went to Illinois. He's probably the best. He's going to be the best quarterback they've had there since. Oh, who was their quarterback when they went to the Rose Bowl? When they had Mendenhall at running back. Yeah. Uh, I, I, forget his, I forget his name. He's probably the best quarterback they're going to have there since him. Um, good good, ch- good uh, catch by that, folks. <laughs> yeah. The quarterback. Yeah. They did a lot of work while they were at work. Uh, Iowa, seven and a half. They lose both tight ends, Hawks and Fant, both first-round pick picks. Uh, everyone else is pretty much coming back on, on offense. Their defense, like always, is going to be pretty stiff. Um, schedule, they got at Iowa State earlier, go Cyclones, at Michigan, at Northwestern, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at home versus Penn State. Uh, Minnesota, they're at 7.5. They bring 16 starters back. They do get Wisconsin-Nebraska at home. Uh, their defense doesn't allow big plays through the air, but they're awful against the run, which is something Wisconsin loves to do. Nebraska is somehow the favorite in this conference or in this division. Their over-under is at 8.5. Uh, they bring back Adrian Martinez. Uh, five of their six top tacklers from last year are gone and gone from the defense that sucked. They allowed 31 points per game and over 200 yards rushing. The question for them is, are they going to have the depth to compete? They do have some talent. Uh, Scott Frost, I don't – he obviously doesn't have his guys yet. As far as their schedule goes, they have they got to play out Colorado. Uh, they get Ohio State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Iowa at home. They go to Minnesota, to Purdue. Northwestern won this division last year. 
over under at six and a half. They get a high recruit in a transfer in quarterback Hunter Johnson from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could kind of upgrade there, at least talent-wise. They get nine stars back on defense. And the best part of their offseason was Pat Fitzgerald thinks people don't go to the games because he saw two kids staring at their phones during a dinner. Not, they don't go to the games not because they don't want to watch Northwestern score 10 points a game. Not because Kyle Field sucks. That's on a grass field. Yeah. Probably, that's probably like mowed twice a year. Yeah. Wait, what's their field call? It's not Kyle Field, is it? That's, isn't it just like a guy's name? You know, I'm going to ask our stat to look it up quick. <laughs> Layla, get on that. Layla's looking it up. Ryan Field, my name. I knew it was yeah, just the guy's name. Kyle Field is where Texas A&M plays. Embarrassing, yeah. Because Ryan Field is basically like a glorified high school stadium. Well, no wonder it's a shitty field. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, yeah, it's not that people aren't looking at their phones. They don't want to go sit in the rain in northern Chicago and watch you guys put up 10 points. It, to that point, though, this is going to sound weird, but Northwestern actually has a home field advantage by hosting 11 a.m. games where there's, like, no one there, there's no energy, you're playing on a grass field that everyone hates playing on, and so every team goes in there just dragging their feet, and that's how they get the home field advantage. Yeah, I mean, and they they always keep that grass on. Like, I feel like they always play a good team uh, really tough there. Like, they played Michigan really tough last year. It came down to the final possession. Um, they get Iowa there in October 26th. They get Ohio State there on October 18th, which is a 7.30 p.m. kickoff already. So, little trap game for Ohio State there. People might be... Sh- People might be in the stands by seven thirty, though, Jacob. That's that's true. Still, though, maybe, they do. Maybe they that's do. how they get their second loss. There we go. Go Wildcats. Purdue over under seven. Uh, Jeff Brom stayed on as head coach instead of going back to Louisville. Uh, they got good talent on offense, although their offensive line could be a little weak. They got one of the best playmakers in the country. Wide receiver Rondell Moore, who is awesome to watch. Um, their defense is awful, and they got just smacked around by Auburn in their bowl game last year. I know they were a trendy pick to win, and, I mean, Auburn put up 63 points on them, I think, and just killed them. I mean, it brought me back to my high school days, right? <laughs> Sitting on the bench watching... Watching North get down 35 nothing at half? Hey. Watching Steve walk off the field with his hands in the air like, what the hell's going on out here? We showed a lot of fight out there, man. That's all we asked for. That's all you can ever ask for. All right, finally, we'll end Wisconsin with Wisconsin over under eight. They bring back Jonathan Taylor. He's an obvious Heisman candidate. Uh, they named Jack Cohen as their starting quarterback. I think a lot of people thought uh, – that Graham Mertz kid would get it. Uh, schedule pretty tough. They go at South Florida, and they're the Big Ten West team that gets screwed because their three interconference uh, or opponents from the what from the East 
are Michigan, Michigan State at home, and at Ohio State. They also got to at Nebraska, at Minnesota. Jake, give me some more info on the Badgers, and then your overall thoughts on the West. Yes. So not only do they have a tough, uh, you know, crossover games, but I would have to look. I wish I would have actually wrote down the exact teams, but I read somewhere that there's a point in their season where they play either three or four games in a row against teams coming off of their bye week. Week to prepare. Um, you know, like you said, this is like really a division with besides Illinois. I don't. I don't know if I – I think um, Brom is a great p- coach at Purdue. I don't know if they're ready, even if they have, you know, a Heisman candidate. I don't know if I see them being, you know, in the top two – in the you know, within a game with two games to play going down the stretch. Um, obviously, Nebraska, from a scheduling standpoint, you know, has the best path. It's kind of like when the Badgers a few years ago – you know, made it go to the Big Ten Championship undefeated. You know, the schedule just kind of worked out perfectly for them. Um, with that said, I think Frost's offense, if Martinez is, should be, you know, fully healthy this year and the last year he played kind of on and off, banged up. Um, I just don't know what their defense, if their defense, um, like you said, they lose a lot of starters. However, they were bad last year. You know, their incoming talent that they've gotten, you know, is a year, you know, within the system. Um, they could easily lose two games and um, I feel like Wisconsin to me is kind of like the the Michigan State where you know last year obviously it was a down year, especially in this you know conference we don't have like two heavy favorites or whatever. Um, you know, for the Badgers, it's really going to come down to two things: can they get a step up in their quarterback play? Um, you know, everyone you know, from if you follow the beat writers or, you know, Big Ten Network, you know, anyone who's there says, you know, just the quarterback talent as a whole um, has been a lot, you know, the deepest that they've seen there in a while, which for the Badgers probably isn't saying too much. But, uh, you know, if they can just get some down the field threat, you know, obviously they had, um, you know, Cephas has rejoined the team as a, as a top wide receiver. Um, you know, the other big thing for me is last year they had two of their top D linemen go down going into the season. One kind of came back in somewhat a capacity with Watermelk. If they can get back to stopping the run, get some pass fake or pass um, attack, um, you know, down the field and get some get some threats. You know, it's my first podcast, Ryan. <laughs> too big of a homer, but I cannot pick anyone else. But the Badgers. Badgers. Nebraska's defense is going to let them down. They're going to lose three games. The Badgers are somehow going to lose two games. No. All right. Um, so I said at the top of the podcast that this was Two Hand Touches presented by Moxie Sports, which is a blog, and you can get to it by going to moxiesports.blog. Um, I wrote previews for each division. Uh, no, sorry, for each conference that are out that you can go read if you go there, moxiesports.blog. And I think for the Big Ten, I picked Iowa, but I must not look at their schedule because I fucking hate Iowa looking at their schedule. I don't know. I the other thing I saw, too. I was like, ugh. I mean, I think, I think Wisconsin has the most talent, 
talent-wise, is the best team in the West. But versus Michigan, versus Michigan State at Ohio State, it's like, to me, it's like, can they steal one of those games? Because I think you can have three losses and win this division through tiebreakers, honestly. Yeah. And, but then, but then, like you said, you there's literally no room for air versus the West opponents happening. Run. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they lose to their three East opponents, they would have to run the table against everyone in the West. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, Jake, but you know what team has the best chance? I think besides Wisconsin, Minnesota, because their schedule is just. Their schedule just lines up perfectly for them. I mean, if they're if they're building off last year, which they made a bowl game, won a bowl game, they beat was they finally got over the hump and beat Wisconsin. So I mean, like, like honestly, they could they could be. I'm I'm trying to bring up their schedule right now here. I think the one thing why you're bringing that up is obviously as a Wisconsin fan. Give a shit about the Gophers <laughs> a little bit. Um, I know they're that freshman quarterback that actually played pretty well for them last year. Um, he did get hurt. None of the last I heard, he was out indefinitely. I don't know how long is. that is. I don't know how long it is. I know what I know. The Gophers QBs are like it's like it's a two three years ago where they literally have one QB and are like bringing people in random people in to throw root routes at spring practice and stuff like that but so i would say with their schedule like like you said their schedule is very favorable but i have no idea how long their qb's out for so that's one thing and um and the other thing i gotta say about that ryan is come that wisconsin game you know obviously what happened last year happened last year but when they open the gates in that TCF field, Fleck better hit the deck. Oh the, boys are coming for him. <laughs> the boys are coming for him. Uh, the Badgers are going to sink his stupid boat. Oh, yeah. There's not even going to be a boat when it's done. But so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how long the QB's out. I don't know how. I haven't seen it much more of an update besides they said. I believe it was like a foot thing or something like that. So. That could be some. Yeah, I mean, I so I got their schedule up. So from the east, they get they play at Rutgers, and then they get Maryland and Penn State at home. But late in the year, November sixteenth, they go to they go to Iowa. November twenty third, they go to Northwestern before they get the Badgers at home. Um, their schedule before that is pretty. They play Nebraska at home, October twelfth. So I mean. Like, I don't think they're the best. I don't even think they're, like, this. maybe even the third best team in the West. I just think their schedule, out of all those teams in the West, mm-hmm. they have the best schedule is set up to maybe be a three-loss team in the conference and, and win. But, I don't know. I'll go, I'll go with Wisconsin. I don't know what I was writing when I picked Iowa. I mean, at Michigan lost. Easily lose to Penn State at Northwestern, at Wisconsin. At, I mean, if they if Iowa wins the division, they deserve it. It's not going to be bullshit like it was last year with Northwestern, yeah. who was just winning, like, fluke games. Yeah. I think so. one thing, though, to note with Iowa is I think it was, even though he played every game, that Nate Stanley, also Wisconsin native, 
Uh, Definitely played somewhat hurt last year in a few games. Um, You know, I think he was looking to have kind of somewhat of a bust out year as far as, you know, NFL purposes and stuff like that. Obviously from a prototypical NFL quarterback, he has, you know, arm strength, size, you know, somewhat mobile as well. Um, So, Hey, if he's, you know, looking to have that one bust out year draft stock. Yeah, this is it. He is supposedly an NFL guy. So, Oh, all right. We got two more teams to talk about. Let's go over Notre Dame quick. So, top running back. Wait, we got to pick an. We got to. Do we have to pick an overall winner? You wanted of each uh, conference? No, for the big. Or yeah, do we have to? Do we pick an overall winner? Or no. Who's winning the conference? Big Ten. Oh, I, well, I'm going. I'm going with Michigan. You're you know, going with Wisconsin. No, I gotta. I gotta leave something from you know my heart to defend. So I'm I'm gonna go with Michigan. Michigan's gonna win it this year. So there Uh-oh. we go. Oh, now the pressure's really on. Yep. Not knocking on wood. Yep. Um. All right. So let's move to Notre Dame since they're the biggest. They're too much of the pussies to join a real conference. Um. They lost their top running back wide receiver. They bring back Ian Ian Book, quarterback. They bring back four of their five offense linemen. They lost a few good players on defense, but they're a school that's they're one of those schools that are gonna they're gonna reload, so they're gonna have a good defense again. Uh, their schedule they got at Georgia, they get Virginia and USC and Virginia Tech at home, and they got to go to Michigan and to Stanford. Uh, little note that Michigan game, which is usually like the first game of the year, is actually on October twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. And the week before, so Notre Dame goes September 21st, they play at Georgia. Then September 26th, they play at Michigan. So, I mean, Notre Dame could be as talented, as good as they were last year, but I I don't see them. I see them with at least two or three losses this year. No, I'm right with you. Looking at the schedule, I think, obviously, you know, they had the year that they had. Um, Last year, but I think you know, even though Georgia is really the one, Georgia and Michigan are the two teams that stand out. Even though Virginia, USC, Stanford, you don't know, they're still teams that are more than capable, of, you know, being in a game with any opponent. So I see, you know, two to three losses. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously, I mean, I think the Virginia Virginia games could be tough. Stanford, you never know. They don't really have. Too much else. I mean, Boston College is going to suck. Duke's going to suck. They open up at Louisville on Monday night. That's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. Louisville is bad. Final team we're going to preview. We are the official podcast of the real football team in Ohio. Maybe the second best overall football team in Ohio behind the Cleveland Browns. The Ohio Bobcats. From the Mac. They might be better than the Bengals this year. I think they can might. beat the Bengals. Might. Might. So let's oh, talk yeah. about the Ohio Bobcats. We're not going to tell them why we're Ohio Bobcat podcast. Everyone listens to the first eight episodes of this is going gonna, is gonna to know why. But they lost seven starters on offense. They bring back quarterback Nathan Rourke. Yeah. I guess is how you pronounce that. Dual threat guy, 6,000 yards of total offense past two seasons. 
Their defense was very good at the end of the year, only gave up 17.2 points per game in the last five games, in part due to the best linebacker corps in the country, led by the best new linebacker coach in the country, Nate Fonis. Uh They're favored to win the MAC East. Um, they're going to go undefeated. They're going to beat Ohio State in New Year's Six Bowl. That's my prediction. Boom. <laughs> Love it. No, I think the big thing for them is, you know, looking at their schedule, you know, they're the overall favorite. Um, I believe on the other side, Toledo on the West Division is the other favorite. They do not play them in a crossover game. When I look for checking, no, they do not. Um, I don't believe they play either the two crossover top teams or Western Michigan as well. I think, you know, what, like returning QB, I remember watching the game be like, why the heck can't this guy be quarterback for Badgers? But um, I think the big thing for them is, you know, a couple of their big games down the stretch. You know, defense on average performs strong, but, you know, I think there was a few games where they gave up, you know, some big, uh, big scores so they can hold them down in the big games. You know, I'm, I'm liking the prediction, Ryan. I'm liking it. Yep. They're, they're, they're going to prove they're the best, uh, the best team in Ohio. College, NFL. Well, I know they're not going to beat the Browns, but I'll take them over the. I'll take them to cover the spread against the Bengals. Let me put it that way. There we go. Um, all right, let's move on. We're going to do a couple things quick. Um, first of all, let's pick our top five games of the year. We'll go back forth on this. Um, mine, sadly, is going to be very Michigan heavy. Not sorry about it. Uh, so I'll start out number five, Michigan at Michigan State, November 16th. Like I said, I think Michigan State's going to be a lot better than people think. I'm sorry, that's Michigan State at Michigan, November 16th. Um, I think Michigan State's going to be a lot better than a lot of people are thinking. So that could be a trip up game for Michigan. What's your number five game of the year, Jacob? My number five, I got Texas AM versus Clemson. I think, you know, that could be, um, you know, even though it's at Clemson, you know, that could be a game second year um, with A&M's head coach. And, you know, you never know what can happen. Maybe that's the one one game Clemson loses. All right. My number four game of the year is going to be LSU at Alabama. Had to put on the classic SEC matchup. I think this year where LSU can keep it close, maybe they can pull the upset. At that point, Alabama should be undefeated. Texas, I'm sorry, Texas. LSU should only have one loss, maybe. So that's going to be my number four game of the year. That's always a, it's always a good game to get hyped up for. Yep. All right. My number four game of the year is going to be, I'm going to go, uh, I'm actually, I'm not going to go. And I'll say LSU and Texas. I think, you know, Coach O, big step, you know, with their team conference and Texas, you know, go off their big Sugar Bowl win versus the SEC. I think that'll be, you know, big match. Looking forward to the college football playoff. 
people can look back at. All right. My number three is going to be LSU at Texas. I agree, I agree with you. Everything you just said. I cannot wait for that game. Two more weeks. Um, I think LSU wins, by the way. Coach Uh, All right. Number three for me was Oklahoma versus Texas. I think for obvious reasons, like I said, and, uh, and there's in the conference, and you know, really, I think the winner of that is the driver's who's taking home the title. Alrighty, my number two game of this is this is tough. Do I want to leave? Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm going Notre Dame at Georgia instead of Notre Dame at Michigan, simply because. The Georgia game is before the Michigan game, and I think Georgia loses that game. And maybe the Michigan game loses a little bit of its luster. You think Georgia's gonna you think Georgia's gonna lose the Notre Dame game? No, I think Georgia's gonna win. Oh, you're saying gotcha. when Georgia wins, the yeah, it makes it very game. Yeah. yeah. Notre Dame won't be ranked as high and you know, whatever. You know, I feel bad not putting Notre Dame and Michigan in my top five, but I mean as a fan, my my top twelve games of the year are the twelve games Michigan plays. But I'm really excited for this game because when they played two years ago at Notre Dame, that game was fucking awesome. So that's my number two game of the year. Look forward to. All right, my number two is the deciding factor on the east side of the Big Ten: the old Buckeyes versus the Wolverines. It's where you see if your if your teams are going to come true or not, Ryan. Or if it's just another another head shaking season for the the Michigan number two. Well, that is obviously my number one game. Ohio State at Michigan, November thirtieth. It's the only fucking game that matters as a Michigan fan. Only fucking game. I don't care if they blow everyone out. If they lose to Ohio State by one, if they lose them by fucking thirty again, it's the only game that matters. I'm tired of all these. Ohio State fans saying it's not a rivalry anymore. It's a fucking rivalry to me. They gotta win. They're gonna win this year, Jake. Alrighty. And you know, with this being our first uh, podcast, Ryan, I have no idea if this is gonna work. Can you hear anything? No. Well, you know what? If you could hear something, what would you hear is the mighty marching band of the Ohio University Taking the field, marching down, sitting in an undefeated record, going into the their game versus my, Miami, Ohio, on November sixth, the second in their division in the battle, the overall, uh, the for the winner go to the pack title game. That is my number one game. <laughs> number one game of the year, a MAC matchup. Please say that game is on, like, a Tuesday night. Only if we're lucky, Ryan. Only if we're lucky. <laughs> November. Hey, as, the, as the official Ohio Bobcats podcast, it's got to be. Oh, yeah. I really – oh, Jake. Get, they play uh, November 6th? Yep. Wednesday night. Beautiful. Perfect. Perfect day for your game of the year. Everyone clear, can clear the schedules. Don't have to worry about multiple games going on. 
It's going to be glorious. The Wednesday Night Battle of the Mac. All right. Well, those are some games you can mark down on your calendar if you haven't marked them down already. Uh, all right, let's move on to the college football playoff teams. So as we go on with this, you people are going to understand my hatred for the college football playoff system because it's not even a playoff. It's a fucking tournament. They're all played at neutral fields. That's my first issue with this. Second, it should be eight teams, but more on that at a later time. So I'll start here. Um, I already said Michigan going to win the Big Ten. I think that gets them in. I think Georgia wins the SEC. That gets them in. I think Utah gets in from the Pac-12. And, ooh, Clemson. Obviously. So, I think Alabama's on the outside looking in. I think they lose one during the regular season, and I think they lose the SEC championship game to Georgia. I almost forgot about Clemson there because we talked about the ACC at the start for like two minutes. The all-Clemson conference, man. Yeah, the all-Clemson conference. So I got Clemson, Michigan, Georgia, Utah. Those are my final four. All right. As much as I hate myself for doing this, I pretty much took the big dog. So given my conference picks earlier, I had – I knew that Bama for making it. I think it's going to be Georgia in the title game, and, you know, Georgia just hasn't been able to do it yet. Uh, so I'm going with Bama. Clemson, I got them making it. I agree, Michigan at, at the most will have one loss, winning the Big Ten, I think, um, with the teams that it could potentially come against and who they would be that would get them in. And then I have um, a one-loss Oklahoma team getting in over a one-loss Utah team. Ooh. Question is, is any of the teams you picked going undefeated? Um, I think George does. I think Georgia does, and I think Utah does. Gotcha. And I don't think I. I think zero teams. Really? Yep. See, just my opinion. I don't think anybody gets in from the Pac-12 unless they go undefeated. So. No. Yeah. That's why. And I'm Utah. I mean, besides that game at Washington, and then. Um, the Pac-12 championship game, who I think they'll play Oregon, but I think Utah goes undefeated. Georgia has a good chance, unless Jake Fromm has a shit game like he did against LSU last year, but um, I think those two have the best chance because Michigan's got a tough schedule. Oh, Clemson. Why do we keep forgetting about Clemson? I think A&M might get him one game. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they kicked the shit out of A&M. Well, the only thing about that A&M game is – Clemson's, I mean, Kellen Mond did really good against Clemson's defense last year, and Clemson lost all those guys on the D-line to the NFL. So I think it's going to be closer than the 17-and-a-half spread it is right now. But, I mean, I I don't think A&M beats them. So Clemson's going undefeated. I would say Clemson's the one team that I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just think there's going to be a a natty hangover game somewhere along the line. We'll see. We'll see. Clemson. It's, 
It's lurking in the weeds. It's lurking. Clemson is minus, just to go over the odds there, Clemson's minus 550 to make the playoffs. Bama's minus 350. So I forgot to put even the stat department, Layla. Layla screwed up, forgot to put Utah's odds on here. Whatever. All right, let's end the podcast with some segments here. So first thing we're going to do, we're another, do another top five list. Top five things we're excited about for the upcoming college football season. I don't know if I'm really going to say these in order, but I'll start. Number five, uh, the post-game Nick Saban press conference after they pistol whip some FCS team, and he's <laughs> pitching at reporters for asking questions, and he's giving them lectures. I cannot wait. They're going to beat, like, Norfolk State, like, 70-3. to And then Sam is going to be pissed about some fourth quarter blocking the backing penalty, and somehow he'll turn turn it into a life lesson to some poor old little lady reporter who asked him, how'd the game go? Hey, just like Coach Gay. All right, I did mine in, like, chronological order of the day here, Ryan. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay. So my number one is, you know... Um, you're number one or you're number five uh what'd you say you're number one or you're number five? Oh, this is uh number five so we're starting we're starting okay. to get you know get off work friday you know you're kind of getting that itch they have a couple cold ones might be waking up saturday feeling a little sluggish you know and then you, you pop on that tv and you know there's just some segment or something's on that's whether it's your team or something you hear college game day that just gets your blood going and you're initially like you know what i'm ready to roll let's let's get this college football day rolling that's my first thing that i'm looking forward forward to instant hanging over here kind of like it's going through right now there's gate there's a ton of games on tomorrow i know all right my number four your shitty bowl games there's <laughs> nothing better than the, than the two week like the two or three week break after the Heisman Trophy presentation, after the Army Navy game, and then you get like the like the cheese it bowl. And you have two you have like the Mac playing the Sun Belt. You're just desperate for some college football. It's Wednesday night. Love the shitty bowl games. Love it. All right. Number two, you know, we'll pro- we'll probably see it with with the uh, Lack of depth, tight end. We'll probably see it early, but you know it might be that 11 a.m. game. You know, in Wisconsin Badgers just trot out full on six, maybe seven offensive linemen. <laughs> just everyone knows what's going on, and I'm all here for it. That that's my number four. Oh, uh, I love it. I love it. All right, number three. The uh, this this might deal with a little bit of hangover on Friday night, but the old the old two o'clock two thirty nap, falling asleep to used to be Vern Lundquist, now it's Brian Nestler, I think. Yeah, I believe you're right. On CBS, take a little nap, take a little napski. Wake up during the second half. Maybe the SEC game is still going on. Maybe you wake up just in time for the five thirty six o'clock kickoffs. That's my number three. I like it. 
My number three, and you get this at a couple times during the year, is a good old LSU big game coach. Camera zooms in. He's yelling something at the team, trying to read read his lips slash understand what he's saying. You have no idea, but spits flying. He gives that big powerful clap of hand for his mouth and just kind of shut him out there. And <laughs> and you can just feel the blood pulsing through your veins. That's my number three. What do you think they what do you think would happen if they tried the close captioning on him during that? Like if he was mic'd up? <laughs> yeah. It'd just be like Mash gibberish. the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like a brand new language. Um, all right. Number two. Bellying up to the bar and not moving for hours at a nice local establishment. Watching some game you probably don't even care about. Virginia versus Pitt. Late November. Not moving for four hours. Love it. Love it. Look forward to it. All right. My number two, uh, the SEC, you know, Coach Coach O, their, their big games are middays. So after the next one is, you know, that one. It's probably after my double feature film of the Mike Leach special, the two upsets. You know, the reporters out there, and you just get that crazy Mike Leach quote. I have no idea what the hell. <laughs> left field, right field. But and then you know what? At the end of the day, you're like, you know what? That struck a chord in the heart. So, <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, you brought me on a wild ride. It was a crazy story, but I got the end of it. Made sense. <laughs> All right. Number one for me, the inevitable low-scoring Big Ten game of the year that everyone on Twitter just bashes. How the yes, fuck, bitching about. How the hell do you watch Big Ten football? What is this? This isn't football. These teams suck. Usually happens early November, 2.30 game, maybe some snow flurries coming down. Probably going to be at Northwestern. It's probably going to be Minnesota at Northwestern. Finals going to be like 8 to 5. I'm going to watch the whole thing. People who love Big Ten football are going to watch it and love it. People who aren't from the Midwest are just going to hate it, wonder what the hell you're watching. But that is one of my favorite things to anticipate every year in college football. And then my number one, my uh, chronological order, the old nightcap, you know, like you said, might have been building up at a bar for, you know, two, five, eight hours, you know, watching games. And, you know, it gets to be around nowhere in the central time. So, you know, that midnight time and you're you're at a bar having about your sixth drink at that location. You know, you look up and you you just see that Pac-12 game just staring at you in the eyes. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, you know what? This sounds like a good idea to recoup some of that bar tab. Just, just to keep the juices flowing for the rest of the night. We live in a good time zone, too, where those Pac 12 games end like a little after midnight. Yep. It's a, it's a thing of beauty, Ryan. It's wonderful. Two years ago, I was out in. Arizona for Halloween, and it was weird. Like the last games of the night were kicking off at like they were actually kicking off at like seven or eight o'clock. I was like, "Wait, what do you guys do after midnight? Like, there's no sports on." But all right, anything we left off the list? I had I had Jim Harbaugh freaking the fuck out because that's gonna oh, happen yeah. every game, but I love it. 
And then I also had getting pissed off about the college football playoff. That might be a personal one. Yeah, that's, had, that's gonna happen. So I had that one, and then as well as I had the the Big Ten low scoring, everyone in the world pissed off sides the fan base <laughs> the Big Ten. Those are that was right right with it. I love that. I love that. All right, uh, I'm taking a left turn here. I'm gonna put in a segment we didn't have on the list. Uh, this is gonna be a weekly segment that I'm gonna love to bring up whether he plays good or not. Does Felipe Frank suck? Yes, he does. Well, he's got, one, he's, got, he's, got, he's got one uh, victory notch on his belt. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was a segment. We're just going to say yes or no. We're going to move on. The answer is probably yes every week. But we're going to do it every week, just in case. All right, we'll revisit. All right, we're going to end the show with our picks for the miserable bitch of the week. So what does this mean? Me and Jake are going to pick somebody, some fan base, coach, player, maybe it's an, an inanimate object, something that just, that just had a rough week and is just being a miserable bitch. Maybe they're whining, maybe they're mad, whatever. So you want me to go first, Jake? I'll let you go first, Ryan. All right. My miserable bitch of the week is whatever bitch Desmond Howard is going to have to choke. Because they're not oh, having God. a good time. <laughs> Did you see that on College Game Day? I did not see it live, but I read it. it hey, a little something controversial happened on College Game, uh, game Day for the first time in like five years. Probably for the first time since Lee Corso was just like, fuck. Yep. So that's my miserable bitch. I don't know who it is, but I feel like you got to do a lot to make Desmond Howard choke you. So I feel for that person. Yep. Look out. Keep your head on a swivel. You pissed Desmond off. <laughs> All right. So mine is, and I'm, this is like an overall collective thing. Obviously, everyone's talking, you know, about the Andrew Luck situation of the Indianapolis Colts. So, Ryan, I'm going to ask you as hardcore Packer fans, let's put our heads in the position of Colts fans currently. Right? They're miserable bitches because all the national media is ragging on them for booing them. I think in the moment, yes, were they booing Luck? Yes. But they were, I think they were more booing the whole situation of, you know, at least when Aaron Rodgers has been hurt the last few times, it's been when he's on the field, on whatever. With Locke, there's a lot of you know things that have happened, you know, and workouts off the field. Obviously, he gets, he gets pounded during the game, especially the beginning of his year. So, you know, there's a little unknown and undisclosed stuff with that. You think he's playing that one year where they're like, oh, he's coming back from his shoulder. Like, we know your season tickets, so he doesn't play the whole year. This year after the season tickets, everyone pays for it, Locke's retiring, you know. Who knows what some people You just broke up there in that last part. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Nice. I was saying there were some <laughs> rumors going around that it was potentially brought up earlier and, you know, trying to put it off so that the fans, you know, until it gets close to the season so the fans stay excited. That similar to thing that happened, I think, with Peyton Manning and some people were 
upset about renewing their season tickets and stuff like that. But just calmly all that into one of the head. You might be feeling a little, you know, disappointed in yourself that, you know, you booed a player for wanting to take care of himself, whatever. You're pissed at the organization because you have no idea what the hell's going on ever. You might be pissed because you thought you were making the Super Bowl. Now you feel like you might be making the Chick-fil-A Bowl maybe against the four seed from the Southern <laughs> Bell Conference. Um, but, yeah, just, just talk about a miserable mind frame. And, you know, that's where the, the, the Indianapolis Colts are at. That's a good pick. They were pretty. Uh, they were pretty unhappy about that. I mean, that was kind of. I get that you're. I get where the fans are coming from booing him, but also like. That was kind of a bullshit time for him to make that decision, like two weeks before the season starts. Like you don't, you didn't know it then. You couldn't just. I don't know. You couldn't maybe decide in the off season. That's why I think there was a lot of. With all the unknowns of the Andrew Luck saga up to this point, between like if he's playing during the year, is he not? Like how injured is he? I think yeah, it's not mad. It's not like obviously it's, you can't be mad at someone for making a decision themselves. Like what's best else? But I was just more like I think they're just doing overall him just being frustrated, never knowing what the heck is going on with their prodigy quarterback, and then all of a sudden. It's a ra- random presentation. Everyone looks at their phones buzzing and Jeffy. Hey, guess what, folks? You Your guys are screwed. <laughs> yeah. You went from Super Bowl contender to missing the playoffs. So I just thought all those factors is one. Just a miserable mind state to be. Yep. All right. Good pick. That's it. That's the end of the episode. First episode of Two In Touch in the books. If you liked it, subscribe, review, share it on iTunes. That's the only place we're on right now. Slowly but surely, hopefully, we'll get on everything else. Um, Jake, any parting words for the 13 people that are going to listen to this? You know, I just, <laughs> just got to carry this momentum in the next week, man. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, whoever listens, thank you. Jake, we'll see you in a few days. Sounds lovely. All right. Bye, everyone.